Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Bulls on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by my dude Goose, a.k.a. Bulls Scripted, and we are here after a league-wide shutdown, almost an American shutdown. Uh, the last time we were with everybody, I can't remember if the Bulls won or lost. I think they won. They beat Cleveland, and that was Kobe White's first start. A uh, little house cleaning before we get into the game here. Be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at BullsOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. Following my dude Goose, at BullsScripted, and following me, at BuzzOnTap. Goose, dude, we haven't been on the mic in what feels like a week. I think it's been about a week. I, I don't know for sure, but man... How are you doing in the world of no sports? Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm feeling as much as some people are. Obviously, it's depressing. Um, it's even more depressing if they don't play any more games for the regular season, at least. We're starting seventh in the lottery. Um, and I, I don't know. Like, obviously, I want to watch Kobe start. But at the same time, I'm kind of... I'm kind of ready to just kill the season and just <laughs> get out into the off season. Yeah, uh, I don't blame you for that. I mean, I think that's been internally talked about as well. If the NBA does get to come back in, what was it, June or July or something like that, they were talking about just starting the playoffs, which, why not? You know, at this point, do something like that. I mean, there's there's so many rumors that are, be ki- you know, that are getting kicked around and, and all that noise, so I, I really don't know what's going to happen with – but I, I, I am looking forward to the off season now because I have just how horrible this season was. And plus for some of our injured players to heal up during this time. Yeah, they get to heal up. Um, Otto gets to go back to partying after playing what? 12 basketball games all season. <laughs> uh, Kobe is undefeated as a starter though. So just cancel the season. Just, just leave it at that. Um, I don't know. I, I do think that we have pieces here, but the uh, pieces that pull the strings gots to go. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we've talked about in previous episodes, ones that we've had, you know, the last couple. Um, within the 50s of uh, Chicago Bulls on tap episodes, within the 50s, Fred has been on here twice, and we've talked about that with with Fred, about what, you know, we want to see happen within the front office and stuff like that, and I mean, obviously, with this being a podcast not to talk about it, I mean, there's no games to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. I mean, besides the fact that, you know, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, Kevin Durant, these guys have been diagnosed with coronavirus. No it's, no one has come out from the Bulls organization and said that anybody has been infected yet, um, which is which is good. Um, They're still trying to get tests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, too. No shit, man. I mean, the, the shortage of tests is just unbelievable. Um, you know, but honestly, man, I – I hope those guys get better. I, I know that they, you know, they have it, but they weren't even. I don't know about Gobert, but I remember Donovan Mitchell saying that he didn't even show any symptoms. If I'm not correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he did. No, he he said he was ready to play a seven game series tomorrow if he was allowed to. Right. So I mean, I, this thing is just so weird and odd. Um, basically, what I want to get into during this Bulls on Tap that we're recording now, since there's really no content of games and that's what we do and then we you know usually do our weekly episode and break down the week and talk about stuff if this is the end of the season if this is it why don't we start handing out we don't need to do grades or report cards i don't want to steal fred's thing um but why don't we go down the list of essential players and talk about who what we thought from that certain person 
and what we would like to see out of them if they are back on the team. So we're going to start with Zach Levine just because he's I've been the most consistent best player on the team this year, and I'm going to give the floor to you. What did you think about Zach's game? Do you want to see him improve anything? And what are you looking forward to out of him next season? Um, I mean, Zach improved again. He had a coming-out party last year with 25-5-5, and 24-5-5, whatever the hell it is. Um, and he improved on those numbers this year, upped his three-point percentage, his efficient field goal percentage, and that's encouraging to see. I think for Zach, the last two steps to his game are refining his playmaking ability. I think he's a better playmaker than he's given credit for a lot. Um, obviously, some of that's because of the amount of turnovers. But refining that skill uh, to get it to... You know, just below elite level, kind of, or even just, you know, above above average. And then obviously the defense, which um, I think I've mentioned this before, but you, you have to incorporate how much output he's putting on offense. It's the same reason why LeBron James doesn't play defense every possession. He's conserving. Um, and obviously Zach isn't nearly as heavy as LeBron, but... That, that does play into it. When you're carrying an offensive load like we watched Zach Levine do this year, I don't remember the on-offs, but I know our offensive rating is like below 90 when he's off the court and above 100 when he's on it. So when you're carrying that much of a load, you, you do have to take a break on defense at times. But I'll, I'll let you run with uh, your thoughts on Zach this season. I thought Zach played great. I echo the underrated playmaker because when he had to do that uh, I think he did it I think we saw games that he did do that in Um, defensively I I want him to be better he's young he's 24 I understand guys take you know plays off on the defense because they're exerting so much energy on the offense but I want to see him be better I want to see him better on ball defense I want to see him better team defense I I, want to see that fighting harder around screens I want to see that out of Zach for sure but I mean as far as being invested in this team as I am I loved pretty much every moment out of that kid this year especially when he rose to the challenges um you know carrying us against Charlotte carrying us against Minnesota I mean all these teams that he helped us pick up these dubs against this year I I, I loved every second of that I mean I know the season sucked but trying to be, play a little bit of optimist here I think he was very very good and I think that he shows you he might not be a 1A shit he might not be a 1B but he is a great person to have on the team and I think he could be a piece on a championship team. I do believe that. Um, I don't think that he's the guy, but I think he is a guy that needs to be a part of it. All right, so moving out of Zach, let's get into Wendell Carter Jr. Um, you know, there are a lot, of, uh, a lot of hype around him. A lot of people love Wendell. There's some things that I question with Wendell, like his, uh, basically like his determination, um, how determined he is. Um, you know, comes out saying, I didn't want to play center. He wants to play power forward. Rub me the wrong way. He hasn't showed enough off of an offensive game to do so. His defense is stellar. Um, I don't know if he's been held back by Jim. As far as, you know, me and you talking all year, I was listening to some actually prior episodes. I never listen to us when we drop an episode. I don't know how you are, but I, I don't listen to our episodes. I just, because we talked about it. Why do I need to listen to it, you know? Um, but going back and stating that, we'd like to see him start taking middies more and, and seeing him more confident because we think he could hit him. You know, I would like to see that next year out of him. I'd like him to stay healthy. I know that's, you know, injuries are not wanted and they're, you know, I know that that's not something people plan on, 
but health is a huge factor here. I mean, he's I don't know how many games it is off the top of my head, Goose, that he's played. I'm looking it up right now so I can fact check myself, but I think it's under 90 total games he's played in the NBA. I was right, 87. So in two years, he's played 87 games. Um, obviously, with this coronavirus taking effect, he would have been over 90 at this point. But if the season does end today in a shortened season, it's 87 games. Um, 82 games is a full season. So I liked this year out of Wendell. Defense, of course. Um what I want to see out of him next year is a little bit more of an offensive game, a little bit more confidence on taking the midi. Again, I don't know if that's a coaching issue or not. And then, um, you know, him staying healthy. That's what I, I want to see next year. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's my pre-draft bias that's still lingering. Right, and Mo, there are Mo, Mo, Mo Bamba? Yeah, Mo Bamba. Um, <laughs> I just, his hands have seemed to be kind of, Shitty, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, he's just been a disappointment for me. Defensively, awesome. But if you're telling me you don't want to play the center position or you don't feel you're a center, and maybe the injuries contribute to that. Maybe he feels overmatched there and he feels like he's never going to be consistent if he plays center in this league. But I was expecting out of Wendell what the Heat have gotten out of Bam this year. That's fair. I thought Wendell could be a top-of-the-key playmaker, something that we've seen in Chicago a lot with Powell and Noah. Um, I really thought that he could be a, a key in the offense, and he doesn't get any attention, free throw line out. Nobody even looks at him. It's like Ben Simmons is out there just like, <laughs> shoot it, buddy. We're waiting for the rebound. Um, so, and I do think some of that's Jim that kind of took his confidence away because at Duke, obviously the three-point line's closer, but we saw a lot less hesitation and a lot more overall game with Wendell, which I think is still there. But to this point, in just over a full season worth of games, I I'm, I'm hard pressed to keep Wendell up on this pedestal that he's been put on by most fans. Right. I mean, the disappointment thing, I, cause he hasn't stayed healthy. I don't want to, I don't want to tag him with that. You know what I mean? But I understand what you're saying. Like I, the hands thing, you, you said hands too, didn't you? That was the first thing I said. That's what I thought, because that was something I didn't mention in mine. And how do you want to be a power forward when you can't catch the ball? No, you can't shoot the ball. You can't catch the ball. Like, Obviously, we're not talking Felicio-level stone hands here, but there's a lot of like mental lapses. Like You're just looking away before you got the ball. You're trying to dunk the ball before you've caught the ball. And I just, I don't know. I, I'm expecting a lot more, and we have seen the flashes, though he only has five games with more than 20 points in his career. Uh, and he's a center. He's supposed to be the do-it-all anchor of this team. I just, I need to see more. I agree. I agree with that statement, and hopefully if we do get a new coach in here um, and something does get shaken up this summer, maybe his potential will be unlocked a little bit more. Otto Porter Jr., I'm going to let you start with this one since I started with the last one, <laughs> and I'm very excited for this one, so I'm going to crack a beer, and we're going to listen to this. Here we go. Uh, you, you might want to shotgun this because this is going to be quick. Play right. some fucking games. I didn't finish it yet, dude. <laughs> My bad. Um, <laughs> play some fucking games. 
that's that's all I got for Otto. He's a good player. He's one of the best um, two-way wings in this league, three and D style players uh, when he's available and when he's healthy. So play some fucking games. Um, again, kind of echo that statement. I did not like Otto Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr.'s. Um, I guess night. Li- I mean, I don't want to comment on his life outside of basketball, but like. Get a foot stress fracture, and we see videos of you dancing around like that. That's some shit. Like where if you and I went on like what what is it work workman's comp? If we got busted up at work and got hurt or something, someone saw us doing the fucking you know the watch me whip and nene or any other dance the Dougie, we, that we'd be in huge ass trouble. You know what I mean? It would just not it would just not work out well for us, and that's what I didn't like about Auto Porter Junior. this year. I didn't know if he was dedicated enough to the team, and. um Again, injuries are not planned. I do not blame him for getting injured. I do not. He was actually misdiagnosed by the Bulls' wonderful staff. Um, yeah, I, I don't know because it was a bruise. Wasn't it was a bruise, and then it was an edema, and then it was a fracture. But if you're out clubbing on your, <laughs> your fucked up foot, oh, so you're saying that could a, be self? Is it a misdiagnosis, or are you just making it worse because you're not doing what you're supposed to? <laughs> So you're saying it could be self-inflicted. I'm <laughs> saying we could have another John Wall situation on our hands. I don't oh, know. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. All right. Um, Lowry Markkinen. Uh, see, oh, I see, feel the like... Si- the, si- that, the si physically hurt me. Uh, it hurt me, too. Um, no. I mean, after the first game of the season, after Lowry came out and dropped 30-whatever the first game... It was bad. You know, it was to the point where I didn't even get excited when he shot a three-pointer. Like, I was like, brick. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and that hurts because I, I feel like I'm I'm one of the few people that still has extremely high hopes for Lowry and hasn't pigeonholed him into being power forward Kyle Korver. So I think Lowry still has maybe even the most upside on this team just because he's a rare animal at seven foot tall and it's going to be up to him to do it. So hopefully they get Jim's goofy ass out of here and Lowry comes back with a different mindset for the last year of his rookie contract. Yeah. So I got, I have a little bit of concern about Lowry marketing as far as the mental side of things go. You're hearing these reports out of Cowley. I don't know how serious to take them. Um, you know, obviously, none of us do. We're you can't you can't get behind somebody else's you know eyes. You can't get into the brain and, and, and figure out what they're thinking. But Cowley's reporting that he doesn't want to be here, and he's he's doubled down on that twice. Um, that worries me about Lowry. Um, now, if a change comes to the front office, I hope he might reconsider because I still do believe that the that Bulls fans are the best fucking fans in the NBA. I don't think anybody else touches them, and I'm just dead-ass honest. Maybe, and as much as it pains me to say this, maybe Nick fans, because we put up through so much, like, so much bullshit that we're still there each and every night. Um, now it's kind of dwindled away for the Bulls this year, but as far as Lowry goes, I I think he can be special. I do think he could be, a, again, a, maybe not the number one guy, but a great piece on a championship team. Um you know, this year he just was not hitting hitting open shots. He looked lost a lot of the time on offense, on defense. We know he's non-existent for the most part, and it's very, very you know infuriating to sometimes watch him play. But god damn, I go back to his first two seasons and some of the things that he did. It's hard for me to let that go. Again, 
broken record here. He's another player on the team that has battled injuries. Um, you know, yep, played for, through an oblique injury for the, most of the beginning of the season, and as soon as he really recovered from that, he twisted his ankle, which he played through as well. And then out of nowhere, they said that his pelvis was weird. <laughs> getting, he's getting it on too much, bro. Um, but you know, I gotta relieve stress somehow. Yeah, no shit. I I just don't know where we go with Lowry Markinen from now. Like, if those reports are true, but I think that Lowry is a good player. I just think that he was completely and utterly not utilized correctly, and that needs to change. Um, and hopefully, again. If there is front office change, we could sit here and speculate on a Dave Yeager or a Atkinson or anybody, you know, anybody. We can, we can speculate on that, but we don't know. But if there is change, I hope they try to figure a way to work him in because I feel that he could be an effective NBA player for damn yeah. sure. Lowry was ranked the 14th overall player under 25 by ESPN and everybody going into the season. Everybody out there sees the potential in this kid. I hope he's not getting Darko Milicek by being a Chicago Bull during this tanking period. Oh, you know that's percent. Uh, uh, that's one hundred percent possible. It, no, it is, and I would completely understand it because for somebody like Lowry Marketing, the only two things that matter to him in life are family and basketball. He eats, sleeps, and drinks those two things, and obviously he does his you know, environmental stuff, but too many things. When one of those is somewhat being taken away from you, one, because you just can't enjoy playing because your team's literally trying to lose. So you can get somebody who might even replace you onto the team. I just don't, I don't think Lowry enjoys the politics of the NBA or at least the team that he's on and what they've been going through. Could be a Nico Miritich situation. And then you throw a coach like Jim Boylan at him, and yeah, I can see where you're completely just, yeah. The last person we're going to hit on this list, because, I mean, we could touch on your Thad Youngs and, and your Tomas Sadoransky's, but we're just going to say the same thing. It was a utter, complete and utter disappointment from those guys. Um, pretty much everybody from our bench was a complete and utter disappointment, besides the man that got inserted in the starting lineup but was a vital bench piece all year, and that's Kobe White. Kobe White, to me, while inconsistent at times, showed flashes of being a point guard, and a lot of people like... I'm, I'm going to die on that hill, Goose. I'm going to die on that hill that I think he could be a point guard. <laughs> I, I'm going to die on it until I'm proven wrong. But he, he was utilized... He has the ability to score, too, but he has shown the ability to be a playmaker. You know, it's not easy to be a point guard in the NBA, so you're going to need reps to do that. You know... John Morant didn't just come in, you know, dishing out assists like a motherfucker. It didn't happen. He had, he started to adjust to the game. So I'm looking at Kobe White. Dynamic score. Guy can get to the rim. He's starting to be able, he can hit that three at a decent clip. Decent clip. And I think it gets better with time. We saw him able to create. I think Kobe White is going to be a very good player in this league. I really do. I think that we have three people on this team because I have Wendell as a question mark and I give really two shits about Otto Porter Jr. half the time. But I think we have three people on this team that can be starters, maybe, or at least high-end rotational players on a championship-winning team. And I believe Kobe White's one of them. I think that he can play point guard. And I really enjoyed watching him this year. Um, defense needs to improve a little bit. Court vision. 
that's something that we've we, we've seen flashes of. We've seen flashes of him making the correct pass. Um, we've also seen times where he just kept the ball and tried to score. But again, that's what he's being asked to do. Uh, I really like the play of Kobe White this year. Uh, you know, again, the first half of the season was a little bit rough, but for what he was asked to do with nobody around him half the time when he came in with the bench that can create their own shot. I think he did a real fucking good job, and I'm excited moving forward with him. No, Kobe, uh, despite not being the player that I wanted at seventh overall on draft night, uh, has surpassed my expectations. You know, sometimes when you watch a college player, it's like, oh, he's just clearly more gifted than everybody on the floor. But how is that going to translate once you're playing against Everybody that has at least one gift of that caliber. And he still stands out. Um, shooting potential is, you know, sky is the limit there. He's probably top five, at least top ten fastest players with the ball in the league. The vision, like you touched on, you need to get a game for, you need to get a feel for the game. Uh, the NBA is a lot faster Passes that would be open in a college game, NBA defenses close out on faster. They're actually turnovers. It's not an easy assist. So I think it was an injustice that he only started one game with full you know, point guard responsibilities. Um, and, that, and that's coming from somebody in the beginning of the season that felt he was in the right position because we were trying to compete in, in that particular time period. Then, yes, yeah, sticking to what you're – already good at and we know you can do nightly is where you belong but as soon as that went out the window they needed to give the keys to Kobe White and it's somewhat unfortunate that the first game he started was also potentially the last game that he was going to start for this team this season right right and if the season does end I'm kind of glad that we have that speculation to talk about him being the point guard moving in because I think it, I mean he did have like nine turnovers but the guy made some passes he was 25 and 5 20 points, five boards, five assists. I think he had a couple steals too, but he he looked good, and I'm 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 excited to see where he goes from here. You know, amidst all this you know COVID 19 stuff and how scary the world kind of is right now, you know at least we have at least we have some good to talk about within the Bulls lineup. Like we're maybe not good, but what could be good, the potential to be good within the Bulls lineup moving forward. And a lot of you know, like I said, a lot of speculation is going to take place until we get back to normal you know, just some normalcy. But uh, one other thing I just want to touch on real quick. We haven't really talked about it a lot on the show besides us, like, saying we need to get Jim out of here. But who who would you like to see maybe replace him? Because I know you want him gone just as bad as I do. And, again, just to say this, I, I don't know about you, but for me for sure, I had faith in Jim in the beginning of the season because he sold me at the season ticket holder event. I look like an asshole. I'm totally, totally mad enough to admit that. Um, but who would you like to see maybe replace him? <sighs> Is that a loaded question? I feel like I just gave you a loaded question. I'm sorry. No, you're good. I mean, that's that's what this show's about. It's about loaded questions that everybody wants answers to. And I think, I think I'm just going to hit you with the easy one, and I think that's Kenny Atkinson. I think he's getting star-powered out of Brooklyn. Obviously, he doesn't have the shiniest overall record, but... He took over that team in a rebuilding position. So I think you bring somebody in who can develop talent and is a player-friendly coach. 
obviously he's not getting along with the star in Kyrie. Um, those two kinds of players tend to want Ty Lue as their coach because you can throw your towel on them and go do whatever the hell you want to do. Um, so I do think Kenny, especially with Fleming here already, that that's solid move. Everybody's everybody's an improvement over Jim. They can hire me or you, and we could take fan suggestions and probably coach better than Jim. But I, I do I do like Kenny, and I know our friend Fred is not on board with that. Right, but I I kind of want I kind of want Dave Yeager. Is that bad? No, that's not bad at all. I he got fired for doing his job too well. That's, uh, that's what I mean. Like, and I still don't. I still don't get that. I still don't understand that why he was fired. I want. I want Dave Yeager. That's who I want. Kenny Atkinson, I think, does really, really good with young talent. I, I, I truly believe that. But when I go back and I look at Dave Yeager, I think his first head coaching job. God damn, dude. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Memphis, and he went like fifty and thirty-two. I want to say, and that was God. Uh, someone fact check me. We I need we need a fucking stats guy. Why don't we have a stat guy? Why don't we? Have a stat guy? <laughs> I mean, if you want to be our stat guy and join us on Bulls on Tap and become a regular, yes. like, if you talk too much during it, we're gonna fire you though. But if you want to become a stat guy, like a producer of the show, and just fact check us when we're wrong, so we don't have to try to type shit in as we're talking, because this is all I'm doing right now. I'm wasting time talking as I'm pulling up his record. Here we go. I found yes, it. Yes, he was 50 and 32. You were correct. Holy and then 55 fuck. and 27. Okay, and that was in 13, right? Yep. 13, 14 was 50 and 32. 14, 15, he was 55 and 27. Right. So, and then he got fired after 2018, 2019 season with like De'Aaron Fox and those guys. And he was like, he was close to 500, wasn't he? Yes. They were 39 and 43. And ultimately, he got fired. I believe before that season ended because they kind of wanted to be in the lottery and he was playing, I forgot who he was playing over Marvin Bagley. But when Bagley came back from that injury, he wasn't like, you're the second overall pick. You're playing this many minutes. He just continued to focus on winning instead of development. And he wasn't being a good puppet. So he got the boot. Yeah. You see that that's some shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? That That's some shit. I think that he, because when he was with that Memphis team, you got to think back in 2013, that was like a team of Conley and Zebo and those guys and Gasol. So those, those are veteran guys. And then he comes out and he finally gets some talent in Sacramento, right? And he's doing all right with them. I think that's the guy. <laughs> like personally, that would be my hire. He does have a career 49.8. Eight percent win, rate. right? But his so, first his first two years in Sacramento half. Oh no, yeah, he was over he was over sixty percent. Um, he's two forty five and two forty seven for his career, so two hundred forty five wins. Right. So when he was in Memphis, he was kicking ass. And his first two years in Sacramento, because I believe he was there for two years before he got Fox in them, that they were shit. So that that would be my hire, because I think that he's a guy that can coach young talent and help them develop. But he's also that guy when they get their, you know, their feet wet and they become, you know, either stars or vets that are very effective that he can still coach them. So that's that's the guy I'd choose personally. And unfortunately, we could have chosen him over Jim last offseason. Yeah, well, that. No. Thanks, Pax. 
<laughs> fucking coronavirus, and then you hired a shit-ass coach. I mean, I know the timeline doesn't meet up there, but I'm blaming you for both of them. <laughs> I've had enough. Um, anything else you'd like to add to the pod? I, I do want to actually do. I do uh, want to add one thing before we leave. Um, we will be doing podcasts probably once a week or so, maybe you know during this this COVID nineteen breakdown. I maybe even more than that. I don't know. I, I wanted to get some feedback. We had a lot of likes on the post yesterday, but we were supposed to originally record after. Uh, the 96 playoffs with the uh, Bulls against Miami, which would have been a fun game for us to do. But you were a little wiped out, and I was for sure wiped out. And I ended up... And I just don't have cable anymore. Right. Well, dude, I, I'm going to... I wonder if I gave you my DirecTV login, if it would work. Or my NBC Sports login. If I gave you my NBC Sports login, it should work. I could watch it on the computer or airdrop it then, yeah. All right. So we're going to have to get that going. But um, that game was so fun and chippy. That would have been a fun one to talk about. But if you guys are interested in us doing something like that, just tweet at us. You know the handles, at Bulls on Tap, at Bulls Scripted, at Buzz on Tap. Goose, you got anything else to add, man, before we ride out in the sunset on this one? No. Be smart out there, guys. If you do not have to go out, stay home. I know a lot of you are going to be forced to have to go to work still, and that's not really a fair choice that your company's making you make to provide for your family or to protect your family's health. But uh, it is serious out there i don't think it's as simple as just washing your damn hands if uh you can stay home and the safety of your house and quarantine until you know we, we can at least knock this thing down to where it's manageable for uh your local hospitals and everybody in the medical field um do the best you can there take it seriously uh stay safe and uh we'll we'll be in quarantine trying to pump some content out to uh, keep you entertained and keep you from going crazy. Absolutely. I echo all those statements. You know, everybody do what Goose said because that's absolutely correct. Take care of your loved ones, man. And, uh, you know, Bulls on Tap and everybody here at On Tap will keep pumping out as much possible content as we can. I know there's not a lot of sports going on, uh, but we're releasing, like, the best of the Friday 13th movies in article form. And, you know, we're talking uh, – you know, I'm going to do a Halloween one because I love Michael Myers. But we're going to punt, you know, put out as much po- content as we possibly can. And uh, Bulls on Tap isn't going anywhere. So, again, if you want to see us talk about those games back in 96 that are airing on NBC Sports Chicago, which if anybody listens to that, which Kevin Anderson, I think, does listen to our podcast, which is pretty cool. Kevin, thank you and thank the company for airing those to, you know, get at least some of the seriousness of this world off of our mind for a couple hours. But, Everybody be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at BullsOnTap, at ontapsportsnet. We'll be back when we're back. I don't know when to say we're going to be back, but we'll be back when we're see back. See you when I see you. Yeah, I'll see you when I see, see, you, when I see you, boy. <laughs> <laughs>